this is the 12th episode of the Crew Only Podcast with camera assistant Michael Thompson. Welcome to the Crew Only Podcast. My name is Jasmine Porter, a freelance television and film professional. Each episode, I'll bring you a unique crew member from a different department to discuss their role in making a film. We'll give you exclusive behind-the-scenes stories and advice on how you can get your start, too. Thank you for joining us today, and welcome to The Crew Life. Hello, everybody. Right now, I'm here with Michael Thompson, who is a camera assistant in Buffalo, New York, freelance camera assistant in Buffalo, New York. He's working his way up to get to DP eventually, but right now, he's doing camera assistant work. So, Mike, thank you so much for being here with me today. Hello. (laughs) So, how are you doing? I mean, it's... Wednesday, it's rainy, you didn't have to come, so thank you again for just coming out and chatting with me. I know you could be doing other stuff, so I appreciate your time. Finally so, being social. <laughs> right? <laughs> so the first time, I just want to say this, the first time we actually met was, which I really had no idea, last year, oh my god, it feels so long ago, back in October, I actually had a chance to like direct a music video, and you were one of the people there, and that was like the first time we met, and then it was like after that, like I started seeing you on like other sets, and I was like, oh my god, you were there on the set of my music video, <laughs> so I just think it's so cool, like, but Buffalo is small like that, that you kind of just like run into people all the time. It's a living room. Really. Basically, yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't work with you on this film, but in like two weeks, I'll see you on the next one. So how long have you been in the business? Um, I mean, I've been doing this stuff since high school, like the stupid little YouTube videos yeah. and stuff. But, but professionally, at least. I started camera interning on things in 2015. Okay. On True Calling and Two for One. Mm-hmm. Um, doing Honey and Punch commercials, all that yeah. kind of stuff. which is a production company here in Buffalo, New York. Yep. Um, but... Yeah, started off doing a lot of assistant camera positions, and... Was it always, like, did you always know that you wanted to work in the camera department, or did you kind of just, like, try different stuff? I was always the friend that had the camera, camera. stuck in my hands. <laughs> so it was always, like, that. that's the camera guy. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know, I, it just was a lot seeing it on a bigger level mm-hmm. than, you know, an iPhone or a webcam from yeah. a laptop that you would do back when you had nothing, but... Just learning how many jobs there are in this industry and how many camera positions there are, that there's a you know second AC, first AC, sometimes yeah. a loader, a DIT. It's endless. Do you want to explain a little bit about what all those positions are, like, briefly, for people who just, like, they might watch a movie and they just think, okay, the camera guy, you know? So do you want to briefly explain, like, all the other positions and kind of, like, basically yeah. what they do? So I'm a first AC. Okay. So, well... Most of the time, <laughs> um, which means I'm a focus puller mm-hmm. and pretty much make sure the camera's in tip-top shape during shooting and right before shooting. Yeah. Um, there's also normally a second AC who's in charge of the clapper or the slate. Yeah. Um, and they basically they build the camera as well. They get everything prepared, um, help change filters, all that kind of stuff, lenses, batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on like bigger productions, you'll have your own person that's just in charge of monitors and batteries, which is like a, a loader. So I did that on Crown Vic. For so they'll have a second and then a loader as well? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, on a smaller commercial shoot, you'll normally have just like a first AC, a second, and then sometimes an operator and a DP. Okay. Like the feature I was on, it was four people in the camera department, but 
um, I don't know, there's like other projects I've been on where you have a first AC and a second AC for two cameras, which is, you know, four people, mm-hmm. and then you have oh. uh, DIT who's in charge of doing files on top of that, and then you have your DP above all of that who's running the chaos of it. Yeah, they're like um, the head of the camera department, basically. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, the director of photography is like... Left the, them out, I guess. Yeah. They're <laughs> important. Yeah, right. Like the, they're the main person, you know, of the camera department. Most important, at least, you would yeah. say. Basically my boss. Yes. Basically the boss of the camera department. The man. The person who makes the, the big bucks. Yes. <laughs> so is that... Like, do you eventually want to wake here up to make your way up to being a DP? Yeah. it's. I feel like it's definitely a, a climb, though, because I, as well as doing a lot of camera stuff, Miley I Cyrus also... is the climb. Yes. <laughs> I, I also do a lot of electric work. That way I can have my fair share of lighting and camera. Yeah, so that, I mean, I think that will make you a better DP. I've heard that people said that, like, sometimes, like, a DP might have, like, done stuff in, like, the electrical department or vice yeah. versa. Like, I feel like it just makes you a better DP. I feel like the, the path to a DP, there's two different ladders you can climb, um, where one of them is, I mean, you could grip be a key grip, mm-hmm. gaff, you could do any sort of electrical position, understand it that way, and then kind of have more of the perspective from lighting and how you should light this and how it should look. Whereas some people come from ACing and learning from all these DPs, mm-hmm. and you you go into that way. But I feel like by combining as much knowledge as you can... Let's say, because your path, you're, like combi- you're doing both at yeah, the same time. Mostly camera, but yeah. as much electrical as I can do. You do a bunch of like, so I guess I'm not going to say in Buffalo, New York, but one thing about you is we met on doing that music video, but you don't just work on films. You do a bunch of other projects as well. Like yeah. what else do you do? Um, well, your project that was like kind of gaffing on, mm-hmm. so that was kind of more of the electrical side of yeah. things. Definitely um, help. I'll have to say that the lighting, you guys did a really good job. I was like, oh my God, it looks so good. So yeah, you definitely are really good at that kind of stuff. It's uh, fun to be able to kind of experiment on yeah. some of these projects too where we have the chance to actually I must say on smaller projects you yeah. can to try more experiment a little bit yeah. more versus like, well we have 15 minutes let's try this yes yeah. we've never done this <laughs> and then, you know it sounds really cool or mm-hmm. seen this on a different set or something like yeah. that um, you do work with River Studios as well yeah. um, what kind of stuff do you do with them mostly um, I shoot a lot of their stuff um, they'll like they're bringing me in on a project next week just to kind of AC build mm-hmm. the camera for them make sure it's good for Ben to who's gonna be operating oh, okay just make sure it's good for him to go yeah good to go for him do you have a preference in what kind of projects you like to work on like I guess I would say as a DP like maybe they have a specific thing like they like to only work on certain projects like maybe is it just film or music videos or commercials or like certain genre I mean, films is where I ultimately want to go. Mm-hmm. My roommate, uh, Xander, and I have been Xander! making stuff since we were kids. Yeah. So. Love Xander, but what's up, Xander, if you're listening to this? <laughs> yeah. Um, but we've always wanted to make our own films and stuff since mm-hmm. we were kids. Or since we were kids. So um, I feel like by doing, you know, reality shows and commercials and everything in between we're kind of gaining that experience experience yeah don't see how you know how much really goes into it you know how how much you really need to consider of like your your rigging if you're throwing up flags to block out sunlight or something like that where 
that's a really underlooked thing but it's a lot that goes into it like even a lot that I mean that I wouldn't understand because you know I don't work in those department but I'm just like it just it's it's a lot <laughs> like There's, it's so yeah. much and and then the production office too which I don't really know no, too, anything yeah. too much about because I'm more of the rigging crew guy who's hanging sky oh, panels it's, yeah but... <laughs> it's a, it's a whole lot I feel like every department like we all work together but then we don't really like even us we don't understand what the other department is doing like you know in totality like we don't really know everything that they're doing on a day-to-day basis or how much they're so into like what we're doing yeah because you got to do your thing to make Mm -hmm. sure like that everybody else can do their thing so you can't be worried about like it's a machine yes everybody handles their own part and make sure that they get it done so that i feel like it's all a a team too and no one's really quite lower yeah another person where a lot of people will say like production assistants aren't you know doing as much but i feel like everyone's really making a big impact and everybody's putting like their fair share of work into it i know like as far as working in the camera department you have to be in the union which a lot of people like you can't just come into it and be like dp or be a first ac typically what is that process like for people who want to like get into the union uh a lot of practice mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I feel like or what's your process like because i mean um, you're doing that so you can just speak on your own personal so my first time um being a second ac on something was two years two years ago mm-hmm. on johnny gruesome uh oh yeah which was a fun experience for me mm-hmm. um did a week of overnights on that uh oh, you gotta love an overnight right yeah yeah, a whole week. It was pretty great. <laughs> uh, but no, that was well. Just, Crown Vic was like the whole thing was that overnight. Was the whole thing. Yeah. So at well, least you only had a week and not like a whole like five weeks of overnight. Yeah, I had two days of that. Um, but yeah, no, that was a really great experience for me to learn, especially in these smaller indie films mm-hmm. where uh, a lot of the pressure is still there, but you have that room to grow and learn and everything. Yeah. Um, but was a track I was getting on where um what is your process like of trying to get into the union well okay so from sorry no you're fine from Johnny Grusin you did second AC um yeah so from being a second AC until like what I'm doing now is uh basically gathering my days Mm -hmm. and gathering call sheets and uh so do you have to do essentially so like i know like okay for example learning everything as it's going so for a set pa like who once they want to join like dga to become an ad they i think it's like 300 and something days or something like that and they have to have all their call sheets and all the prs the production reports is that similar to what you have to do to join like the union for the camera department okay yeah so basically since being a second on johnny gruesome um i've been gathering enough days to join as an assistant camera Mm -hmm. so basically i need 100 days total the majority of those days are kind of what the position is i go in as i think most of my days are second ac okay but uh i'm starting to get a lot more first assistant camera days and i Mm -hmm. think i might try to go in it as a first which is a focus puller and something more and so like I know we were saying that like, you have to be in the union to do that, but are you able to do, like, First AC? Is it because they're indie projects? Yeah. Okay. So the film I just got off of, mm-hmm. another Gregory Lamperson film, um, that was 
an indie film, non-union, but technically, like, it's an organi- organized production, so mm-hmm. you can apply all of that to it, so that's 15 days for me towards it. Oh, okay. So. so that's how you're able to still get the experience of yeah. actually doing it, but and not... And then Crown Vic, I was able to day play as, like, a loader for two days, so that counts as two days towards my stuff as a oh. loader. I'm pretty sure. I'm not entirely sure. But most of the days, like, when you submit all your paperwork, most of the days have to be in the position that you're applying for, basically. Yeah, because I I think you can only go, like, up a position or Mm -hmm. below a position from there or something, too. So if I went in as a first, I could op or a second. Okay. But if you go in as a second, I think you can first and, like, be a loader. Mm -hmm. And if you're a loader, you can't really first or something like that. Is it still, like, a whole lot? you got to, like, learn about it and figure Uh, out? Yeah, this is a tough question for me because I'm still really You're still figuring it out. Do you know what – do you know anything about your dues yet? Like, of how much – I think it's – I mean, don't quote me on it, but I think it's like six grand or something per yeah. position. So yeah. it's I'm, I want to go in as a first yeah. and then an op, so that's like six grand each. And then I want to be a DP, which I think is like double that. Probably because of the amount of it. And, and so for people who are listening, like, yeah, you have to pay to join the union. And obviously it's a lot of money, but also you do make, you know good money. So that's why they do try. If you're not working, you're not making any money. Well, but they're if you're going to help you get jobs, jobs. Yeah. you're going to be working at a much more, I don't want to say much more professional level, because the indie, indie world is professional, and mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. But most of them are more union gigs. It's, and it's almost like a corporate life, but not, because it's still film, and yeah. still, <laughs> All in a set still making who a we movie. are, we're still all nerds. And <laughs> Do you have any idea of, have you looked into what the rates are for like being a first or a second, like once you join the union? I really no. wouldn't have facts. Mm-hmm. No, that's fine. I'm just curious if you know, like, once you join, like, okay, I'll make around this. Um, it's, like, 30-plus for ACs. Yeah. I just couldn't tell you exactly what it would mm-hmm. be. So, for you working in film, was there anybody, like, around you? Or was it just, like, I know you always said you were that person with the camera, but, like, do you have any family members that were into it? Or was it just, like, you just decided, like, all right, I think I want to work in this industry? Um, I think it was just a lot of the people I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a kid, I would, like, shoot stupid things with my cousins. Yeah. Uh, then when I met Xander, when we were in, like, sixth, sixth grade, maybe, we made, like, some of his films, Night of the Living Furby, which is a great one. Oh, wow. Xander plays two characters. <laughs> I gotta check it out. Just, is it on YouTube? Yes. Okay. Yes. Living Furby, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah. Um, that one's great. Just a lot of that, and then I took a film class in high school that was really cool. Did you go to film school, like, for college? I was a communications major at NU, which is a little different. There's some production, but... Yeah. So why, because you kind of, like, you seem like you kind of always, like, you were doing films with Xander and stuff, why didn't you, like, decide to go to, like, into a television and film program and just go for communications? It was too expensive. Okay, that's... That's fair answer. <laughs> I got into a bunch of film schools. I got into Columbia College of Chicago. Oh, wow. Buff State. Um, I really wanted to go to Purchase. Where is that? Uh, Purchase, New York. It's a couple hours north of New York. Mm. Um, that's a SUNY school. But I looked at a ton of schools. And NU was my like cheap... Uh, a few in Canada as well. I wanted to go to York University yeah. in Toronto and Brock, uh, which is where Xander went, actually. 
Um, but I think the communications major would have been like a good, well-rounded thing. Cause, mm-hmm. You know, you how learn a little bit about yeah. Can be. Yeah, it can be very shaky. Um, but I had a professor that was uh, who's also in this industry here. Uh, at NU. Yeah, he was my film professor at NU, and he oh. worked with Andy Studios and a lot of the companies around here, and he got me into camera intern on a couple things which that's is so cool yeah so i really lucked out with yeah. that because otherwise there really wasn't much i was gonna say because a lot of the people like a lot of the interns we get have gone to buff state and they've been in the television and film program but like we've had a couple from nu but there's not like a mm-hmm. most of them are from buff state who've gone to the tv and film yeah. program but it sounds like you got lucky like with that professor who's been able to like help you a lot me and uh you know kevin Solonic. No, I don't think so. Okay, we both graduated together, and he does a lot of uh, grip positions. Yeah. He wants to dolly grip and mm-hmm. do a lot of that, and we always shoot a lot of stuff together, kind of our smaller film family. Do you think it's important to be creating your own content, like, even while you're working on a film set? I think you should always be creating your own content. Why? Because I think that's the only way you're going to get better. Mm-hmm. I think if you're working a lot, you are going to see a lot of things that are going to inspire you to get better, but I don't think you're actually doing it. Yeah. Because my, my thought is if I'm not actually, if I don't actually shoot anything for like six months, I don't feel like I've grown. improved yeah. and grown in any way. But if I can at least have like my film camera like in my work bag or something mm-hmm. like that, and I'm shooting like every other day or something like that, I can grow a little bit. So when you're on set... um typically how long is the day for you like if you're doing camera assistant work how long is the day for you it totally ranges if it's a commercial day you know i'm i could get so lucky and have like a six hour day which that to some people is like is a normal shift mm-hmm. of work but to us that's like a half day that's like oh my goodness this is amazing yeah it's really nice um but yeah the commercial shoots will range anywhere from that short which is rare to mm-hmm. 10 hours I on feel. a film set typically how long on a film like a feature film yeah. set 12 to 14, 14 hours, hours including you know getting there going home uh like the film i was just on was out in dunkirk for i think five days of it mm-hmm. which is an hour drive so i had to think loading up my car the camera cart in the morning driving an hour there having a 12 hour day driving mm-hmm. an hour home and then my trunk lock's broken right now so i had to take everything out of my oh, car man so like a 14 plus day yeah it's a really long day tell us what a typical day was like for you just take us through one of your days at work like when you got to set and when you ended what did you have to do started with getting coffee okay it's important <laughs> um, you need the coffee yes um not too much though but yeah no um, yeah, so I'd start off, uh, unload the cart, get it all built, make sure everything's there, mm-hmm. talk to the DP, figure out where the camera is, the lenses, because he would take, like, that stuff home, because mm-hmm. he had a little sympathy for me taking everything. <laughs> that was nice. Um, my second took the batteries home, charged those every night, so we had a good system with all of that. Um, we'd, I'd figure out where I'm going, because uh, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, people being doors instead of windows in a lot of cases mm-hmm. and people you know people are all over the place all over the place yeah trying people, to figure out where they're supposed to be are you know putting things places you have g and e running things through doors everywhere you have 
uh, it's like a whole mess going on in the it's morning. It's chaos, yeah. And but you know, I find the DP, figure out where everything is, mm-hmm. figure out where we're shooting, grab the sides from someone, then then I can actually make a plan. And the sides for anybody who doesn't know, what are they? The sides is pretty much all the dialogue for the day. Yeah. And it typically is the scenes attached that are filming a little call the day. Sheet and that goes over everything you're gonna do. Basically, your schedule, um, checklist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll get all of that, get everything ready, build the camera. Um, sometimes I'll just kind of guess which lens the DP will go for because <laughs> you'll have no idea. But like on the last feature I was on, it was we only had two lenses and they're both zoom lenses, so it was one or the other. So you were like, ah, I think I can figure it out. Yeah. So just build the camera, uh, get it up, uh, wait on everything to be cleared out mm-hmm. you know because i don't want to run the camera into chaos not at all please protect the camera yeah. if anything like do not let anything happen to the camera um yeah it's expensive stuff so very expensive very can you give people an idea of how much some of the cameras cost that they use to make films well it can completely range on I yeah mean, if you're give us some ranges thinking like a i couldn't even name what the one in this year it probably was mm-hmm. worth but i mean with all of the attachments and lenses and everything you're going to be over 100 grand on some of those and yeah and the one i was just on it was definitely over 50 grand for the camera and you just kind of have to a get very used to... <laughs> expensive piece of equipment equipment if anybody's listening so you do not want to ruin it yeah not cheap it's not like oh no i got a, yeah it's not like <laughs> oh i got a nice little three thousand dollar you know camera which those are nice but this is like yeah, uh, yeah another, another level they get heavier too so uh, and like you said you got to build it it's like mm-hmm. different parts to it like even you know for me as a focus puller i have to put on motors for it so i can wirelessly focus the camera mm-hmm. um i'm kind of in charge of the lens at that point you know okay. like make sure the aperture is at the right opening that the dp wants to be at what is that for anybody and i'm not even like a complete so your aperture is basically uh they're like blades inside of the lens that allow more or less light in it okay um, you typically don't want to give like a lens to your DP completely closed because it'll be as dark as it can be and they won't see anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's just so many different, you know, you have to put, set up wireless on your camera that way everybody can see what's going on. Like on the monitor? Yes. Like if you don't have as, if, if you don't have monitors set up for other departments or the clients or anything, I feel like other people can't be as proficient as they yeah. want to be in their job. Because they like, can't see what it looks like or what's going on. Like with, with Ben's job, I feel like there were some cases where we didn't really have it set up on a monitor for everybody. Yeah. And I feel like it was really hard for anybody but me to know what yeah. was going on. And it's I feel like it's some of those organizational things. It gets difficult. I mean, in our own projects, we can improve on and learn about. But on like bigger commercials yeah. or features, it's like, all right, we need to make sure we have uh, monitors for... Script supervisor, uh, or you know, three first ACs or whatever mm-hmm. you have. How many cameras you're shooting on? Uh, your DP needs one. Your director wants one wirelessly. Yeah. Uh, that's a whole part of the setup, uh, and that can a lot of times be someone's whole job on a film set is just making sure to all the monitor, wireless and monitors, monitors and everything are, are working. Video village, where everybody. Everybody goes to see the magic and see yeah. what's going on. <laughs> Video village is the is a place to be. Yeah. Um, now, I know you went to school for communications and you didn't go for TV and film. 
would you recommend people like do you think it's a smart idea to go to school for television and film do you think it gives them a better opportunity I think most of the stuff I've learned was on set Set. and that's my true kind of hard answer on Mm -hmm. it but I feel like school can teach you a lot where there's you know a lot of people I've met that might have gone to school in Chicago and went to some film program where they got to try to do focus pulls on an eight foot dolly rail, yeah. you know, which is something where some schools are I'm more technical on. a little bit. Yeah, and they they get to you know try a lot of this stuff, and they have access to the lighting equipment and all of that, um, and they get to actually learn what an AD is or something yeah. like that. Where in my school, I didn't learn anything about what an assistant mm-hmm. director did or a second assistant director or. I didn't know what a, a gaffer or a grip were until my professor taught me all of this because he's a, a grip Cause he works a gaffer in or a DP on a lot of stuff. Um, I wanted to know, like, for you exactly, how did you get your first job? Was it through that internship that the professor got you? Like, how did you get your first actual job on a film set? Unpaid or paid? Paid. <laughs> we're talking paid. about money. Paid. What was my first paid job? Well, I think my so besides like some commercial things where I've I've PA'd on like a ton of stuff mm-hmm. too, um, and I still PA on things yeah. by knowing the right people mm-hmm. and showing them I can try my best and yeah. be adaptable. So uh, it's just mostly like for you, it was just a connection. Like, was it like a friend or like somebody a, somebody older than you? That... Uh, just people people who. The movies I've interned on, okay. all of those people that have seen me, you know, swap all of the batteries for them mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, peel them oranges when they're sick. <laughs> like, those guys. They were like, like, let's give him a chance. All right, Mike, we're going to give you a chance. Well, there was one day on one of the movies I interned on um, where the second AC had a pull focus on one of the other cameras because mm-hmm. they didn't have anyone else. So they asked me to slate all day. And they asked if I was, like, okay with it. I wasn't paid, unfortunately. Yeah, but, but that was, like, my first shot at being able to just second all day. And mm-hmm. I thought that was, like, just slating at first. Even when I was interning, I didn't really fully get it. What else do they have to do? Well, I need to make sure all the lenses are cleaned, all the filters are cleaned. I need to uh, be helping build the camera, mm-hmm. be there to grab the camera right away, right away from the operator. Because yeah. you want to let them breathe. Uh, and not be stressing out the Hold whole time. Hold it, yeah. <laughs> it's um, heavy. Yeah, you need to be listening to, like, three different conversations at once, I feel. Figuring out what's going on. Bursting. Because it's like, you know, I want to talk to the sound guy and make jokes with him all day. (laughs) But at the same time, I need to be listening to what the director is talking about with the DP about where they're going next. Because then I'll, before they even say anything to me, the goal is to be able to be like, hey to the second, like, we need to set this up. And then, you know, we hear it, like, come. We're like, all right, we're on it. Cool. It's already happening. And that's what my DP was saying to me in the last film. It's like, there at the beginning, he was a second ahead of me, and I was like, oh, I was just about to change that, and he'd be like, oh, you were a second late. Yeah. And then there are a lot of times where we do it at the same time, and then towards the end of the film, I was getting you more towards it. hoping to do it right before he did yeah. it. Like, oh, this... You just you gotta know. be, like, on top of it. Like, like you yeah. said, you gotta be listening, you gotta be on top of it. And like you said, you wanna show people that, like, when that chance comes up, that you're ready and you're prepared. The yeah, they're like, yeah. all right, we already know who we want. We want Mike. Like, he's been over here getting everything that needs to be done before the DP needed it. Like, he's going to be our guy. Yeah. 
I feel like that's the case in any job in this industry. Yeah. It's just, you know, you already know what's coming next. You can be adaptable to Mm -hmm. a way different situation because no set is the same. Different people, different locations, uh, everything. Who are you interacting with most on set? Like, besides, like, with your DP and other people in the camera department, um, what other department are you guys mostly interacting with? Camera in general or me? Um, you and then let's go to local level. Yeah, like I love like uh, a lot of the sound teams around here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Normally, it's just like one sound mixer who does boom and everything. But there's someone important that you have to talk to in camera because you got to make sure it's all sunk and everything, so it lines up in post. Um, So that's someone you're hanging out with. Um, Scripty someone you're always talking to in camera especially when you're a second because you need to be asking you know what scenes up next okay all that kind of stuff uh on bigger shoots the script deal will be wanting all your camera reports and all that mm-hmm. so that's a big uh person to talk to and what are the camera reports um you don't do it on all films but and i, th- I feel like it varies but you know height of the camera um what and D filters are in there, what kind of filters in general, what mm-hmm. lens you're at. Um, just random information. Maybe frame rate okay. is on there if you do something. And, and it's not required frames. on all films, but... Yeah, if... if typically let's only... Let's say they want to reshoot that oh, whole okay. day. Yeah. They can know that exactly kind of where they were at what height. That way they can recreate that. So that it looks exactly the same. Yeah. That makes sense. That's why with the scripties taking all of that, so they have it all for continuity. Yeah. What advice would you give people who are trying to get into the industry? Like, what would you suggest for them to do to try and get into the camera department? Keep working, keep showing your face, Mm -hmm. keep learning, and keep shooting your own stuff, and be who you want to be. Yeah. Um, Because I feel like a lot of times... Like, I mean, when I first started ACing, I wasn't shooting like any of my own stuff for a yeah. while until you think it's was... made you better though shooting your own stuff yes yes because i can put myself in those situations mm-hmm. where the most random things happening that i could never predict yeah but now you're like i went i went through this on my own and now i can like relate and understand what they want or what they don't want well there were some cases where uh like my second uh, on this most recent movie she would not she'd be having trouble with something that like I would find easy because I've been doing it for a while yeah but it's something where it's like oh when I first started I remember how hard that was and like like screwing a camera on into a dolly like it's just a muscle memory thing where it's like I just you know I can be talking to the sound guy like I was saying and uh, but for somebody who's not used to it it's like you're looking like how like it was a lot of weird motions and the camera's heavy Mm -hmm. and like knowing how to hold it at that angle you know is only a thing you're going to know how to do through repetition and doing it over and over what would you say is one of the challenges in that you face on set i guess like what would make it a hard day uh people not communicating within your department or just in general i think it comes down to every single person because (laughs) even if you know scripty or someone isn't realizing that uh someone's wearing something mm-hmm. and that's like all messed up you have to reshoot that 
And, yeah. you know, that's not going to make my day any, any easier, easier to know yeah. that I have to reshoot a whole scene that, you know, let's say it's a day I struggled on a really difficult focus pull where mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a really shallow depth of field and had to figure that out. And then it's like, oh, crap, I have to do that again, again. after stressing out. And mm-hmm. I feel like that comes down to every person on set where, you know, art's like, oh, my God, I pulled that off the wall already. And, and now, yeah. packed it up to send to the next location or you know, the picture in the background, or, um, I, I don't know, the AD forgot to call some other talent that yeah. needs to be there, <laughs> because I, don't, I feel like it just comes down to every Everything. single person, you know, if the second AC yeah. forgets to charge the batteries, like, oh, you know, that's one thing, yeah. if the DIT forgets to bring the cards after dumping them all that yeah. comes down to them i mean that's just within camera where it's like all of our stresses were really like hey, everybody we have to do 15 takes because mike's messing up every focus pull or how you know, i don't I don't do that you don't do that <laughs> so but what like because for me like since i don't understand i think like oh you just maybe turning up what like what would make it difficult doing a focus pull like for people who have no idea because i'm thinking like oh you're just there's so many elements and you just have to know the the distance from your subject to the Uh camera constantly so let's say your subject is oh sorry let's say let's say your subject is like walking with you as like a the Dana or whatever dolly is pulling backwards. You're at the mm-hmm. same distance, but then all of a sudden the dolly pushes in on that person. You're at a closer distance. And mm. let's say that person like runs away from the dolly. You know, that's even yeah. farther distance as you pull back or something. And it's just and you just have to be focusing that at all times to make sure it stays clear. You set a lot of like marks to where things are. You have to really be paying attention in rehearsals and uh, seeing what's going to happen. Yeah. You can't go into it. All right, doesn't seem uh, doesn't seem that I'm thinking like oh you guys are just like okay yes no but it doesn't seem me. <laughs> well, it's like you know a tiny bit of the knob might be three feet, but then as you get closer, like a lot of the knob is three feet. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, like, uh, ten ten to seven feet away might be a tiny pull, whereas like three feet to your minimum focus, which would be like one feet, might be like half your knob. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like learning to speed that up or just be able to feel yeah. where the focus is. And Do you get to interact with like the actors ever? Uh, at times I'm able to have uh, have them stand for marks, mm-hmm. you know, or have a stand and do it. Or um, I've seen one thing I didn't do on this movie that I feel like I should... Uh, will learn to do in the next movie is I've seen a lot of uh, first ACs or camera operators they'll even have a list of everyone's actor name yeah. and their character or their their actual name and their character name on like a little bit of a uh, piece of paper or tape mm-hmm. on the camera just so they can know everyone's name and be able to be closer with them if I have to you know tell like a 12 year old character like 15 times like hey can you come to your mark so i can see <laughs> yeah and they're confused why i'm pointing they some don't know. laser yeah. pointer at them that's like what is the going distance. on and, yeah so i'm able to know their name and relate to them more because we're all co-workers if yeah. you think about it and have you ever had like a difficult experience with like the talent like with an actor at all um as a focus puller sometimes they'll miss their mark a lot okay you know so i'll be <laughs> like thinking like okay this actor is gonna go eight and a half feet to three and a half feet mm-hmm. and like that's what I'm set on and let's say every take they don't land on three and a half feet they're at like three feet or four feet 
that messes could, it. That could mess up the focus pretty bad. So I have to be adaptable. Okay. And I have to be ready to like catch if they have a mistake. Mm-hmm. Like another department might be like, oh, this this department's struggling here. We're gonna make up for it here yeah. or something. I mean, that doesn't always happen. Happen. But somebody asked this, so I think I've asked a couple of people, but I want to ask you. Um, somebody was like, "Is the catered food good?" So Mike Thompson, tell us, <laughs> is the catered food good? <laughs> It depends, it depends. Right? I'm like, ah, sometimes it's good, sometimes it could be awful. Sometimes you get what's for chicken, you know, but... <laughs> uh, I don't know, I, I feel like it's a, it's important to think about what you're eating mm-hmm. on set, because if you're on set for over a month or a hundred days in some cases, it's it's all you're putting in your body. Yeah, because you're there all day, you only go home to go to sleep and you come back breakfast mm-hmm. is served there you know your lunch and and people people like might seem really picky too when yes. it's like some people just have bad allergies or some yeah. people can't have dairy or whatever gluten um, is a big one yeah um so i feel like catering is always is most of the time good it's it's really tricky though because you really do need to like some people you know only eat fish or something yeah. like that and some people some people are actually picky mm-hmm. but some people have a lot of dietary restrictions and yeah i don't know so mike what's next for you because i'll say like the freelance life is difficult you know and also we some people enjoy it. i enjoy it because it's like you can decide like all right i want to work this gig for three months and then maybe I want to take a break I want to take a month off or something but some people feel like it's you know it's not consistent you never know what's next um you got to wait for the next job so you just finished the job I think it was last week so what is next for you um my actual next project or or I mean your next project what do you want to happen like what are your plans like what do you want Uh, to see happen next for you I just kind of want to keep pulling focus in this indie world and Mm -hmm getting a lot of experience here while I can so yeah. uh, especially be living in Buffalo mm-hmm. while it's hot and things yeah, are yeah while things are going good things are going um, I haven't worked much outside of Buffalo you so, want to um yeah I I will move wherever I have to, to go, go to make it work yeah but um, I've had offers in New York and I've had offers to go out to everywhere between but you got to think about what's practical and what connections I have here that are Mm -hmm. really important and you know me also developing myself not just taking the next job just because hey I'm getting a really great rate to focus on some angry orchard thing in New York or if it's me working with some production company I've done for a while and they're they're the people that took me in as a camera PA and brought me to start pulling focus on their stuff and operating on some of their things. Mm -hmm. Those are the connections that are huge for me right now, especially when I can hopefully in the next five years be shooting some of these things and commercials is the the big goal. That's the the big goal. Yeah, I understand. I know you gave some advice, but do you have any last words that you want to share? Any little tidbits of advice or even if you want to share like a cool funny story any last parting words i feel like an important thing to remember is not giving up in this mm-hmm. industry i feel uh, you feel like it almost every day probably yeah. <laughs> well yeah well i know that it's really tough especially in buffalo because it's so seasonal here yeah and after christmas it kind of just drops off 
Yeah, last uh, winter it was nothing for like five months. Yep. Yep. It was well. That's that's when I'm on all these other jobs, gaffing or yeah. peeing or scripts. Just still trying to stay whatever. in it. And get, yeah. yeah. You gotta stay. Yeah, you gotta stay in it. And I feel like a lot of people worry that they're gonna get forgotten and all this stuff. Yeah, that is a, a real thing. Like you feel like, oh, do they forget about me? Yeah. Like that is a real. Like, you know, you do feel like that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not getting a call. Like, so you just want to stay relevant. In this industry, even, like, on a bigger scale, like, when we think of Hollywood and actors, if you stop, they bring a fresh new one in. Like, you got to yeah. stay relevant. Uh, a while ago, when I was first starting to second on a lot of things, um, I asked someone I knew who worked in a different department, like, hey, how do I, how do I know what's up next? Like, is there some sort of website I can get on is there any of this kind of stuff like what's going on Mm -hmm. the person told me like well if you're good enough they'll call you yeah and they'll call you for what you're good at and you'll come in and kill it and that's what you have to wait for (laughs) that's I just kept waiting and that's worked out for me and I know that doesn't work out for a lot of people but I feel like if you hold out long enough and you just Mm -hmm. keep putting your foot in the door anytime you have the chance here yeah I think uh I think we'll end there like you said I if you're good enough they will call you you might got you might have to wait two weeks three weeks but I think you will get a call you know what I mean like if you proved yourself and you did what you were supposed to do you're gonna get a call or email but you're gonna get something you're gonna hear something from somebody so Thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate it. Again, thanks for helping out with that music video because that was like my first time doing anything. So I was like, I had no idea, but that was my first time getting to work with you and meet with you. And so it's been exciting to be able to see you and work with you, even if it's not like directly like that, just still get a chance to work with you in this industry. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you all so much for tuning into another episode of the Crew Only Podcast. It means so much that you guys listen. As always, make sure you guys rate, review, and subscribe. Make sure you let us know what you thought about it. It'll just help me get better, um, give you guys more content, interview people that you guys want to hear. And I'm excited to tell you guys, we only have one more episode left of the first season. So if you guys are not caught up, make sure you go back and listen to all the episodes to get caught up with the full first season because pretty soon we're going to be coming out with season two. So thank you guys so much for, you know, rocking with me the first season. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. So message me, comment, and let me know what you guys thought so far. And again, we only have one more episode left for the first season. Um, And then it's it, guys, until we're back for season two. So thank you all so much. I really appreciate it. And I hope you guys have enjoyed it so far. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.